Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast Retro Life for You, Movies and More. Uh, welcoming back Mr. Ray Franklin to the show this week, co-hosting with me. Ray, as uh, things been going for you, man? Uh, things been going pretty well, pretty well. Uh, summer's going by way too fast, but <laughs> other than that, things are going pretty well. I hear you on that. So, of course, it's been a while. It's been a good minute since you've been on here. Uh, remind the people who you are and what you do. Uh, well, he, he he gave my government name, but I go by Mr. KS. Uh, I was doing a podcast for a hobby that uh, Chris and I were involved in, wrestling related, but uh, we since moved on for that, and we have a wrestling podcast now, Front Row Wrestling Podcast. We're on uh, Spotify and Facebook and YouTube and anywhere else you can post a link to something. <laughs> I feel like since I have thrown your government name out there, I should toss mine out there with it. So I feel like I'm in the crowd here. So uh, while people know me as the one and only great Chris, we'll throw the name Adams at the end of that and say Chris Adams is my my government. If you want my true government name, I'm Christopher Ray Adams. Okay. So we got we got something a little bit more in common. We got a little more in common than you realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. It's all good. No, nobody's okay. nobody's looking for me that I know of, so it's all. <laughs> You're not in witness protection, right? No, nah, if I am, I should not be doing podcasts. <laughs> that would not be a wise idea, no. No. Oh, man, this week we are going to talk about something that kind of ties our podcast in together. I've been kind of saving this one for a rave when he come back on, and this is no holds barred. Uh, Hulk Hogan, of course, everybody knows the Hulkster brother. Yeah, he, uh, he uh, Spark my my wrestling fandom. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit it today because of you know his actions or whatever. But uh, a lot of people won't admit it because it's like you like to say all the time. We're always making fun of the internet community. Yeah, wrestling. We're always making fun of them because they think that just because one person says somebody's bad, they all had to jump on the bandwagon and say they're bad. Yeah, but um, you know, as I told you before, I, I am a fan of characters, not the people who play the characters. So um. But anyway, uh, Hulk Hogan, the character, is uh, I was I was watching wrestling a little bit before he won the title, but he is definitely the reason I was kind of pulled in as I got old enough to really understand what was going on. So yeah, and I, I think we talked about him quite a bit in our last podcast you were on. We were doing um, it was uh, the pay per views and how they changed wrestling. Right, yeah. That you and I did, and we brought Hulk Hogan up quite a bit because he was quite a few big pay-per-views he was a part front, of. Front and center. Front and center. Yeah. So, and then, of course, he, like most of the, well, I'm not going to say like most of them. I, I think he was probably one of the first, I won't call him the first one, but one of the first major wrestling stars to branch out into movies. Uh, Terry right. Funk was doing it first, Funk. I think, before him. A little, a little bit roles. Piper had a bit role, like in the movie Body Slam. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's just a, a couple of the guys here and there, little, little bit parts for things, but nothing major. But he's actually starring in the movie, though. I don't remember Terry Funk or Piper before this movie starring in a movie, unless Piper did They Live before No Hose Bard came out. I think I w- No Hose Bard came out in '89, right? So, right. Let's see. I think uh, They Live was '88 or '89. '88. Hey, oh, so he was he was before Hogan. Yeah. So Piper first, Hogan second. I, I, w- I w- Hogan may not have been the first, I guess, 
wrestler to, to to be in a movie i would say he's the most he's the first successful major successful wrestler to be in a movie i would say that yeah i mean they live was a good movie i don't know that it did awesome at the box office or anything i, I think they live is, is a is a classic to to diehard wrestling fans would you call it a cult classic movie for a lot of people too yeah for for that for that audience yeah I would say that's a, a cult classic because you don't really outside of that audience you don't really hear too many people talking about they live. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's got that one famous line from it everybody likes to quote, and that's about it. And no one talks a lot about it after that. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, he he's made that 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 line. He's brought it up. You know, outside of that movie, he's brought it yeah. in a promo. So, you know. right, and it worked for him. Well, this movie here, uh, No Holds Barred, we said a moment ago, 1989, director Thomas J. Wright, writer was Dennis Hacken, stars Hulk Hogan, Joan Severance, and Kurt Fuller, and um, they've actually updated his name in IMDb. It's not just Tiny Lister anymore in here. It's Tom Lister Jr. as Tom Tiny Lister Jr. Well, it's, it's a little sad they put a, put respect on that man's name after he passed away, but... uh. Yeah, I, that was my my first. Uh, of course, he went on to to be in a few other, would you say, cult classic movies. Uh, Tiny Lister did, but um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, and, and, it's and I've, Friday. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, wrestling related, as you know, um, and I've heard Bruce Pritchard talk about working with Tiny Lister, aka Zeus, in this movie and trying to get him to. <laughs> do certain things and be a certain way and you know he 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 is who he was so you know was, yeah he wasn't an academy award winning actor but <laughs> no no i just seen him in an episode of renegade the other day i was watching really? looking for something to watch and I, I turned renegade on if you're familiar with the show it's got, heard, uh, yeah 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 okay heard, so I've heard of it. yeah all right so he's on there and uh he's uh one of the people that Lorenzo Lamas's character has to go pick up because he's he's escaped from a prison bus. They got yeah, wrecked as, or something. As much as people want to, well, not a lot of people, but certain people want to lump Lorenzo Lamas into that group of action, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Him trying to go pick up Zeus or Lister. <laughs> no. Okay, so <laughs> no. I mean, you didn't see the episode, right? No. So, I mean, he's going to go pick him up. And Zeus's character in this is a boxer. He's a boxing champ of the world right now. But he supposedly killed some kid with a with a car by accident. He was supposedly intoxicated and driving, and it killed the kid. So, long story short, he's on the run now. they got to pick him up. And he goes up there, and he's going to go ahead and try to take him. And he tries to put the cuffs on him, and it's not working. So he tries to throw punches and kicks at him. And being he's a boxing champ, he's just doing these little quick dodges like this. Right. Yeah. He ain't getting him. I think it took was one punch, and he was out. So the next time he goes up to him to try to take him in, he decides to do it a little bit different. He pulls out the shotgun. You think that yes. should have been that should have been the first option? Yes, that was the only way he got him, pretty much. And uh, yeah, the episode went from there. It was a good episode, though. If you ever like to watch Renegade, try to catch that one. I'm gonna have to go look for that. It's one. In the uh, second season, I believe. Okay. Uh, but, it uh, is it on? Uh, what, what platform is it on? I was watching that on Roku, uh, the Roku app, uh, not just the Roku device. Right. I mean, they have an actual app that you can watch old shows yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Which I literally just discovered two days ago. Really? I, I, so I, I've I've had a Roku, God knows for how long, right? And I, I've you know I got the basic Am- uh, yeah, Amazon Prime, Paramount, 
Netflix, Hulu, all that, YouTube, all that crap. And something just said, you know, you just sitting there and you're scrolling and you're like, let me go look at this. And I looked at it. So between Roku, Tubi, and it's mm-hmm. another one. These are the Q, I believe. Uh, I don't know. I think there's QB and there's Tubi. Oh, I never, then, I've never seen QB. I, 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 mean, I may be, I may be wrong on it, but I found all the every almost every one of these apps that you can watch free classic TV has yeah. they, has wrestling on them. Yes, and I go and I found some of the old TNA stuff. I find some old um, AWA, just random old wrestling. It's like they mm-hmm. just just on these apps. And I'm like, cool. So I, yeah, yeah, I I just discovered I had uh, Roku and they had some like, oh, this is an actual app. This is a channel. And they have, um, you know, news and all that crap. And that's like, oh, right. And if you're a fan of the OTV shows, you can pick up the A-Team. You can get Knight Rider. You can get, like yeah, I, I mentioned, you know, I'm Renegade. Because I, be- I, let's be honest, as men, we don't need all these apps. <laughs> we don't watch all this stuff. Just, nah. just, give me, just give me my sports and my news and I'm good, you know. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, some of these apps, I don't even need them. I'm, I'm hardly ever watching them. I just go watch these free apps and put it on the uh, wrestling channel. You're done with it. Well, it's definitely enough to keep us all entertained for a long time to come. No matter what you like to watch, it's all out there. Yeah. So some of these people starting this movie, we got Hulk Hogan. Obviously, we talked about. He's done some other things. Uh, Suburban Commandos, one of them that he had done, which was kind of a funny. I think you think about it when you go back and look at the movie. I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say I've seen that movie. Only oh, we've all we've only, all seen. Only it. seen it once though. Only seen it once. Didn't you have one called the Nanny? Yes, it was he did. called the Nanny. Yes. Then he's got Thunder in Paradise. I don't think uh, that's that's like a TV show, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a TV show. Yeah, it was it was like a a poor man's uh, Baywatch, something like that, you know. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, well, I mean, they weren't lifeguards. They were. I, I don't know what you want to call them, soldiers for hire or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's got a movie called Santa Muscles too. Never seen that. Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Weapon. Then there's Shadow Warriors. Oh, He's got more more than what you actually know is out there. Will, that will, done. Will, these, will these be straight to DVD movies? This that exactly is what it would be. <laughs> So for those for those listening who doesn't who's not familiar with No Holds Barred at least, let me go ahead and just read this to you real quick. It's uh Hogan's character is is called Rip, and Rip is the World Wrestling Federation champion who is faithful to his fans and the network he wrestles for. Brell is the new head of the World Television Network who wants Rip to wrestle for his network. Rip refuses and goes back to his normal life. Still looking for a way to raise ratings, Brell initiates a show called The Battle of the Tough Guys, a violent, brawling competition. A mystery man named Zeus wins the competition and then gets Brell to use him as an angle to get at Rip. He wants a shot at the title. He wants the gold. It's 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 comical, I know. We're, we're both kind of laughing about this because we've seen it so many times that we know how humorous this is. It, it, is, is that on top of like if you go back and watch this movie and then you think about what followed in the the years afterward as far as wrestling goes like this movie kind of played out a little bit like the, certain parts of this movie kind of yeah. happened in wrestling so yeah it's kind of funny the, the tagline reads no ring no ref no rules sounds like a Vince McMahon I like can, can you just hear Vince McMahon saying that as you read that yeah. it says no ring no ref <laughs> No rules. And if you mess it up, you're 
fired. <laughs> or fired. However he says it. Yeah, I don't, I don't he, think, he, he, he drags I, it out like yeah, I don't think he, syllables. I don't think he can belt that out these days. <laughs> Probably not. The little, the little crazy mustache she got holds him down. Oh, gosh. I don't even want to get in there. <laughs> We're not going to do that, though. That'd, that'd be wrong of us, wouldn't it? Yeah, I hope I hope to live that age to be that age one day. Don't we all? Um, along with Hulk Hogan, we got Joan Severance playing the role of Samantha, uh, Kurt Fuller playing Brell, which we mentioned, uh, Tiny Lister playing Zeus, Mark Pellegrino, who I I think I recognize him from something else playing Randy. Now you don't have played his brother, okay? Yeah, I know. Is he about. not? Is he not the guy that plays on a lot of the a lot of these CW shows? Is that him? Yeah, he's in uh, Supernatural. Supernatural, uh, the closer. Uh, what's this? Be, uh, he was Far Cry, Lost. I thought that was him. Yeah, yeah, he's in a. He's, I thought he's, that was him. He's he's, he's that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> There's not a lot of huge names in this movie is what I'm getting at. There's not a lot of huge names. Kurt Fuller and Mark Pellegrino both played on um, Supernatural at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Henderson played the role of Charlie. I don't know much of anything else he's been in. Um, the two uh, little... Bill, Bill, okay, so Bill Hild- Henderson, he's had a lot of different like supporting roles like on TV and like, you know, like he's been on the Jefferson's Good Times stuff like that. I remember that, that face like He's been in. He's been like like not a big role. Not he's not that, like the co-star, but it's like supporting cast member type. Okay, well, so that that's kind of like these two stooges that went alongside with Brill. Then I've seen them doing supporting parts or bit parts in yeah. TV series. David Pamer and Charles Levin. Yeah. Um, now a uh, more notable name that we, at least you and I know Jesse Ventura, Gene Oakland, and Howard Finkel, mm-hmm. all in there. We got a couple of, uh, well, only one of the names show up. The rest of them, I guess, just must be non-credited. But uh, Bill Eady is listed in here as Jake Bullet. I, I think this is kind of, so this is this is 89, and how am I in 89? I'm, what, 12, 11 years old? Um, I'm kind of putting together Bill Eady as, like, I knew he was, uh, from demolition, but now I'm like, oh, that's because he didn't have makeup on. <laughs> like you can see him better. Yeah. So I'm like yeah. So and that's, I, I've I've had uncles who are just big time wrestling fans, and he's they're telling me like, oh, that's that guy. I'm like, oh no, that's that's from demolition. And no, before he went there, he was this guy. I'm like, oh okay. So now he I'm was. Like, yeah, he was one of the machines. One of the, the machines. Super Destroyer machine, I think, mm-hmm. and he was the Super Destroyer, I believe, under the mask, wasn't he? Mass Superstar. Mass Superstar. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There were so many of those guys threw a mask on, called themselves different names. They were all about the same size. You get them all mixed up pretty easy. They, they were so generic names. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Throw that mask on, wrestle as a name like Mass Superstar. Take the mask off, come out, wrestle as somebody else. Put a different mask on with a different name. Wrestle three times in one hey, night. If you can get three paychecks, man, go get them. That's what I'm saying. So, what was the? Did you see this movie at the theaters, or did you see it at home? The first I saw, time on VHS. I, I saw this at home on was it HBO? It was on one of them cable channels, something like that. That's what I seen. Yeah, because it, it, I, I would imagine this movie didn't stay in theaters very long. 
I don't think that it did. And I, I think if I remember correctly, I watched it in one of those 99 cent theaters. At that point in time, I'd get my mom during the summertime to, or, or whenever you know I could on the weekend to drop me off at this place. And I'd watch a couple of movies in one day because it was cheap. Yo, know, where I just walk out of one and into another. <laughs> where, where, my, where my dad lived when him and my mom separated, they were uh, it was a ninety-nine cent movie theater, a gym which he was a member and I think at the time part manager of, mm-hmm. and then across the street from there was a go kart track. So <laughs> I would go go to the go kart track, go to the movies, go back and forth to the go kart track, and then go back home. It was, it was a good Saturday for me. I would say so. Definitely the plan. Plan to keep you going. Let's take a look at the uh, details in this movie is what it did. Release date was June 2nd, so it was summertime, 89. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what it made here. Box office, the budget was $8 million estimated, hmm. and it grossed worldwide $16,093,651. So it kind of doubled what its mm-hmm. uh, budget was. We were talking about this the other day. What do you think entails a hit does it is it a, is it a hit if it at least doubles the budget or does it have to make so much more times the budget because like for example does the budget include the salaries of the people in the movies or the paychecks for like the the people running the cameras or the grips or the the stunt men and all this stuff okay so so looking at this movie in particular and you said the budget was eight million eight million <sighs> It doubled it. I'm going to say most of that budget was spent on probably production as far as camera, stuff like that, and salary. I don't see there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of special effects going on. No, not really. Um, a, a success, I guess. I mean, I mean, a hit. I don't. I wouldn't call this a hit. I mean, I, is it a success? Yes, it doubled its budget. Clearly, that's a success. Um, a hit, I would say, a hit is it. It had to do more than double the budget. Um, well, for sure. Would, See, we just couldn't make up our mind. We're like, you know, if I mean, it the, doesn't it, include the, if it does not include salaries, and eight million was the budget for your filming locations and all the other little bits and pieces that go into it, and right. you still had to pay the salaries, then depending on who was getting paid what, we know Hulk Hogan was getting paid the most. We don't know. I don't know exactly what oh, he course. what he got paid to do the movie just yet. At least I haven't. I didn't bother looking that up or anything. But it could I, be I that grossing did. sixteen million was not a hit because they may have gone over sixteen million paying everybody and everything after all that was done. Yeah, and, and a few things blew up too. So, huh? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I say, it was. In, in in the in the the bubble that this movie the people this movie was intended for, I'll I, I'll say that it was probably a success. It's a it's a hit. Yeah. Um. You I don't like I said the 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 the, the wrestling culture. That they, they probably even they they're the ones who probably even got the word out there that this movie existed. As as mainstream as Hulk Hogan was, and I'm pretty sure. A lot of people saw this because of Hulk Hogan and who he was, and they just, you know. But then again, because of what the what what the movie was, it was basically a wrestling movie yeah. for the most part. So um, they, I would imagine, you know, it was a hit amongst wrestling fans. I don't think it was a main. I wouldn't call it a mainstream hit. It was like one, like you said earlier, one of them cult classics. 
There is a featured review here that says silly, but the only Hulk Hogan movie worth watching more than once. It's silly, but pretty entertaining. I first saw this movie in 1990, I think. It's really the only Hulk Hogan movie worth watching more than once. It's the best pro wrestling movie ever. It's not as fun as pro wrestling itself, but still fun. I give it two and a half out of four. Who said that? Who wrote that? Someone with, uh, let's see, what's their name? No, they don't have a screen name up here. Oh, there is, I thought it was just a, like, like a, uh, it's just a regular person. I thought it was. Oh, only. I take it back. They was a little random. Well, it's random. Yeah, it was a little screen name of Jaws. That's what it says. <laughs> oh, gosh. They put the screen name of Jaws up there. The next one up there says unintentionally amusing, written by Wizard <laughs> Wizard Dash Eight. It um, says it says Hulk Hogan must have gotten other movie offers from other studios. So upon seeing his choice for his first starring role, you have to wonder why on earth he picked this one. <laughs> See. This was it wasn't a bad movie. I don't think no. this was a bad movie. Like again, you know, back back then we got to put ourselves in in 1989. Yeah, like, wrestling was still that that thing. A lot of people didn't want you to know they watched. You know, still that thing. Oh, you watched that? Why would you watch that? You know that that type stuff, right? Yeah. So you know, like I said, I don't see a lot of people in droves were going to this movie because. For the mainstream, you know, outside of those people who were just fans of Hulk Hogan, um, it was like, yeah, I'm not. That's a wrestling movie. If they don't watch wrestling, you're probably not going to see it. But with the wrestling fans, it was like, yeah, I, I will agree. This is the best wrestling. This is the best movie Hulk Hogan has ever done. Is it the best wrestling movie? I don't know. I would I, for for what it for at the for the time it came out and the era it was in, it was not a bad movie. This. It wasn't. I, I I still watched. If if I see this movie come on TV now, I will watch it. Yeah, uh, you can't help but just just because you know being a still a kid at heart wrestling fan. Yeah, and even like, I mean just because this reminds you of the wrestling when you were a kid. Does it look like anything yeah. that's out there now? And it was but, funny. It, like the movie was funny. There are several parts in this movie. I, I, you know, I don't I don't know how you want to go about reviewing it or, I, but there were several parts in this movie that were just funny. Like, what's that smell right <laughs> you know just every every scene in that in that uh i don't know if you want to call it a bar or a makeshift arena or what that place was where they were having they first started broadcasting the uh tv show from yeah like every scene in there was just was i, I laughed because it was funny like you know for, to the to the two uh braille and the two stooges you call them walking in right and they them just being like disgusted by even being in the building and you know people spitting tobacco and <laughs> was it was, was, that was there Stan, a, Stan Hansen? Yeah, he's spitting tobacco on people and you know yeah. like people are just uh the the I don't know if you want to call them wrestlers or fighters. We call them fighters. They were just walking up to him and just just doing whatever to him. It, it, was, it was it was funny. There were several actual wrestlers in there participating in the tough man competition. And then you had some people that have been, I think one of the guys that was in there was actually in the movie over the top was Stallone. He was an arm wrestling. Person was that, that, that was that the Jeep, uh, Jeep Swenson? Whatever. I think, I don't know if it was Jeep Swenson or if it was, uh, or what his name was. He was, I think he's um, blonde hair, crazy looking all looked like a crazy version of D David Schultz in a way. Okay. So no Jeep, Jeep Swenson was the, the big, like the crazy big guy, like uh, what? He the one carrying the big wrench around with him? Yeah, they called him lug wrench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And he was also in No uh, Over the Top. Yes. Now, the, you know how to like to promote the movie that they were doing to help promote it. If you remember, they brought Zeus to the real wrestling ring, <laughs> and 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 it was like he was. The, the story was he was upset and angry about losing in the movie that he could beat Hogan in real life, but he was not a real wrestler. He'd only wrestled three matches. So, like, the first match was a tag match with Randy Savage versus Hogan and Beefcake at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. The second was an eight-man tag match in which he was eliminated by disqualification. And finally, it says, since Vince knew that the movie was a bust, it wouldn't sell on pay-per-view <laughs> by itself. He sold the pay-per-view no-holds-barred to match the movie which included a steel cage match between Hogan and Beefcake versus Savage and Zeus. And credit to Vince, he's going to get his money one way or the other. The one reward. way or the other. Right. And, and you, but you know what, though? Like I said, I, I, I was um, 11, 12 years old when this movie came out. Um, and like I said, I, I've, I had uncles who kind of told me what wrestling was, and but still let me, you know, suspend my disbelief as a 12 year old you know let me be a fan to see the movie actually come to the wrestling show like i'm like wait a minute i thought this was a movie <laughs> but no he's really here like you know because i again i'm 11 or 12 years old i'm like why is this man coming from the movie that he really wants to kill hulk hogan it had right. me sucked in you know yeah uh, as, as a kid i can see it definitely happening did you know the movie itself was produced by Hulk Hogan and, and his boss, it says at the time, which was Vince McMahon, I mean, <clears throat> only to be distributed by New Line Cinema after completion. But when the first draft of the script was turned in, Hogan and McMahon disapproved it. So they checked into a hotel in Reddington Beach, Florida, and stayed up for 72 <laughs> straight hours rewriting the script together. <laughs> so, and after seeing what we saw, it kind of feel it, it was almost like a Vincent Man biography between yeah. him and Hogan. Yeah. that was the I, I would imagine, you know, that was the, that was the Braille was the Mister McMahon character before we got the Mister Mc, Mr. McMahon character. Yeah, pretty you much. Know, and Hogan was just just himself, you know. But, so, do you now? You remember this? Obviously, you and I were talking about this in the last one, the the Monday Night Wars mm-hmm. that you had. During the Monday Night Wars between the WWF and the WCW, when the movie was mentioned on an episode of Monday Night Raw, Jim Ross quipped that the movie had done so poorly it should have been called No Profit Allowed. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the, we go to the they, they made $16 million. And to, yeah. to your point, like, okay, they made $16 million, but how much of that $16 million did they actually keep? Right. <laughs> right. We still don't know. I, I well, according to Jim Ross, none of it. <laughs> yeah, according to him, it didn't make much profit at all. Which, and you know what, you know, being being who you know as old as we are now, we can look back. Hindsight is twenty twenty. We can. Well, Vince probably said, "Well, I didn't make money with this in theaters. I might as well sell it to my wrestling fans. I can take this show on the road and make money night after night after night with this." So right, he didn't make it into one movie. He just made his permanent thing, like you said, from town to town. Yeah. Wherever place they were in, Zeus was there, Hogan was there, they're selling the house out. It, it didn't make nobody go back and watch the movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I'm I'm pretty sure nobody went to Blockbuster on a Friday night and said, Hey, where's your copies of No Holds Barred, man? Hey, 
you're looking at one guy or you're talking to one guy who went to Blockbuster and rented no hose bar. Oh my gosh. Okay. It, um, full, full disclosure, it was there every time I went to go get it. It was always there. It was always there. <laughs> so was this like, okay, okay. So was this like a fallback because, you know, Lethal Weapon wasn't around, available to rent, or Die Hard was not in for the night? So you said, well, I guess I'll go with No Holds Bar. That's always here. No, well, you know, in, 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 in my house, we always had that. Okay, it's Friday night, and, you know, we take turns renting a movie. The parents going to rent their movie. Um, we got a, the parents rent a movie, and then there has to be a family movie, right? Right. And then, then one kid gets to pick their movie. And so every time, you know, I, in my immediate house, I was the only person watching wrestling. Nobody else watched wrestling in my house except me. Only time I went to a household to watch wrestling where everybody was watching it was either at either one of my grandmother's house, but in my house, I was the only one watching. So when it came my turn to go rent something, you know, I want to see something wrestling related. And sometimes SummerSlam wasn't there, sometimes WrestleMania wasn't there, or whatever pay per view they had for rent wasn't there. And I picked No Who's Barred. That's my wrestling movie. So, did you ever watch the old ones like Body Slam and all the marbles? I, I I did. I'd never seen all the Marvel. I saw Body Slam. Um, I saw Body Slam a lot on cable. It was just oh, yeah. on. And so it, I didn't even know what that was until, like, I, I would always catch it in the middle. I would never catch it at the beginning. Yeah. And so one day I finally caught it coming on at the beginning, and I watched it one all the way through. But uh, it was no no horse ball, I'll tell you that. <laughs> No, it wasn't meant to be no hose bar for sure. And all the marbles was uh, one from the women's aspect of wrestling. So yeah. uh, it was a, but a girls tag team. It kind of made me think of you know later on when the WWF brought in the Jumping Bomb Angels. It, 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 it yeah. made me think of all the marbles every time I seen them wrestle. Not that the girls that wrestled in the movie were uh, Asian uh, of Asian descent or anything like that, but just the way that they were really highlighting the women's tag team division, which there really wasn't one at the time. Right, there was hardly a women's wrestling division at the time. It's hardly women wrestlers, but yeah, there was hardly any. Yeah, there was just the same ones that went from place to place. You know, just you know, putting it out there for people to see that, that hey, we can do this too. And it was usually the same ones in in, in every promotion, which is crazy too. So, yeah. um, want to take a quick break here for a second. I you know we always play an ad about midway through the show, so I'm gonna go ahead and put this one out. This is a uh, Tim from. Uh, 80s weeks flashback. So one second, we'll get this started, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. 
some Make Like a Tree, get out of here and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Every time we do this, when Travis is here at the end of it, it's always him going, he cannot resist throwing it back out there a second time. I know the name of that. I know that movie that came from. What I know it's a song actually, but it was in a movie with Michael J. Fox, and I can't think of the name of that movie right now. Oh, that was. It's also the end of Ferris Bueller. It is, but every time I hear that, I just think of that Michael J. Fox movie. That's the first movie that come up. I like it. it was when you know you know what I'm talking about. It was when he was interning at some office building, and he ended up. Bright lights, big city. Is that the name of it? Secret of My Success. Secret of My Success. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Another movie I watched all the time on cable. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was always, just like Teen Wolf, it was always on cable. Was always turn, on. turn HBO on or Teen Wolf is on. It's like today, you turn on TNT, there's a Marvel movie on every Friday night. Yeah, you know what? TV was just better back in the day. Like, you could just cut on HBO and there was always something you would watch. You know, HBO Showtime, when they had good movies on. Yeah. I miss those days. We we yearn for yesteryear. All the time. (laughs) And that is why we have the podcast of Retro Life for you. Because you deserve the best. Well, that was was right on time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Rip's finisher. You remember this? Now we people always like to make fun of Hulk Hogan in wrestling because of his finishing maneuver. Only finishing maneuver he had was the leg drop. He'd run into the rope, come back off, lift the leg up, drop it across your chest or across your neck, and that was a one, two, three guarantee. No one kicks out of the leg drop, right? Nope. And for people who are listening who might be wrestling fans today and who are shaking your head going, a leg drop. They they lost to a leg drop. I mean, I've seen people jumping off the top of a scaffold and dropping a leg across somebody while they lay on top of a ladder, and they still kick out it, too. Hey, a double drop kick used to be a finisher, bro. That's what I was going to say. The double drop kick with the Rock and Roll Express. The Even if you get a little newer and you go to the Rock, dropping the people's elbow. That was a finisher. It was a finisher and then a lead-up to a finisher. Depending on you know who these, it was, I guess. These days, you almost have to break your neck just to get a finish. Just Jerry, to get a out. Jerry the King Lawler, one of his finishing maneuvers was climbing to the second rope, st- sitting on the third rope, and, and just jumping down and coming down and dropping a fist on your forehead. That was all you needed. Now, when because pile drivers were illegal at the time, but what he really liked to do for a finisher was that pile driver when the referee wasn't looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I say, now you got to almost break your neck just to get a two count. <laughs> that's pretty. That's another story. Hey, that's another podcast for another day, right there. That's a that's a you podcast, like me coming on there and we talking about that one night or oh, something. Oh boy, yeah, I got a few opinions on that. But oh, um, R- Rip's finisher is the running double sledgehammer, the one Hogan used during his matches in Japan, where it's known as the Axe Bomber. In the Japanese Fire Pro series of wrestling games, many real wrestlers from different promotions are featured using fake names. And Hulk Hogan, <laughs> fake names? What? To what? go with a real sport like wrestling? You mean uh, Rip, Rip was not his real name? Right. And Hulk Hogan what? is known in the series as Axe, du- as Axe Duggan. 
sharing the same last name and tool nickname with other wrestler Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Gosh. What were we doing in the 80s, man? I don't know. I think these people were smoking something, though. <laughs> well, we know Hacksaw was. <laughs> That's why he, the only word he can say now is, oh. oh. <laughs> Either that or he's been hitting the head so much, he still feels the pain, and he's going, oh. <laughs> I, I think it's more the latter. <laughs> now, there's always a color scheme, too, when it comes to Hogan, right? In, uh, in, in wrestling, it was always the red and the yellow. You know, He's the real American, the red and the yellow. Sometimes he came out, you know, red, white, and blue. He had like a, with the white shirt with the blue trunks a little bit every now and then, but usually red and yellow. In the movie, he's blue and white wrestling gear, <laughs> standard color. And uh, the tops usually said American made. Or actually, instead of rip, yeah. Let's see, Rip wore blue and white wrestling gear in the movie. Hulk Hogan was known for his standard color scheme as red and yellow, but he did wear blue and white during some matches in the mid-'80s. Instead of Rip them, the tank tops usually said American made. So that's when he wore the blue and the white. Yeah, that, yeah, that, was, that was, what, early-'80s when he came early, out? Yeah. yeah, I remember he had the white uh, trunks and white boots. That was actually before the red and the yellow. Yeah. He would do, that's what he would do. He'd come to the ring carrying the, you know, the, the flag on a pole, high over his head, walking yeah. to the ring with it. And he had a... Uh, before the t-shirt said Hulkamania and it said uh, American made on it. Had the, had the right. little iron on letters. <laughs> right. And then he did, they went with the real American look. You know, he had the red and the yellow Hulkamania across the yellow shirt that he would rip to pieces because it was very cheaply made and put together. <laughs> Us as kids would get up in our, 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 uh, our, our Hanes white t-shirts or our whatever we had. And we'd be like, Ugh. Ah, and they wouldn't break it all. Hey, hey, you're telling all the secrets of my childhood bedroom play, man. <laughs> <laughs> we know you used to take all the pillows off all the beds and body slam them on the floor and jump off the top and drop the elbow on them. We know what you did. Oh, oh yeah. And, and like I said, when I was at my grandmother's house, I, I was my uncle's, my uncle and my cousin were uh, the road words, and I was Precious Paul. And yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, the movie's <laughs> the movie's title became the name of a specialty type in the WWE during the mid '90s too, where there were no disqualifications or no countout matches, or no countouts. Matches ended only for pinfall or submission. This replaced various other names used for the type. Same thing go. Anything goes. No DQ. No countouts. However, these matches were usually not in a steel cage as the Hogan Beefcake Savage Zeus match was. It was never in an octagon-shaped ring, as in the movie. This this movie spawned a lot of things, like I said, we would see later on in wrestling. Like, the whole this whole this the whole premise of the movie, the tournament, the uh, tough guy competition, that became Brawl Fall, right? Or, the, also, don't forget, they had a tough man competition to see who would get a chance to get a, a, a wrestling contract they they did yes that's how a lot of the nxt people got in i believe isn't that, isn't that how the miz got in too no the miz, they, they did a uh what was that like a uh not not american ninja well, i'm thinking of something else like they, they, it was like it was like a tough man competition but they had to do like obstacle courses and all kind of crazy crap kind of like a real world road rules yeah. kind of thing yeah uh, competitions and go like run in the sand on the beach and carry this log type stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But no, yeah, it, it, that, that, that 
tough man competition. It, it spawned the um, Raw for All. We later saw that six-sided ring in TNA. Um, it's just it's, it was a, it was a lot of a lot of pre uh, what's the word uh, a lot of stuff that was predicted in this movie came to light later on in the later years of wrestling. So yeah, it was interesting. Well, there there was actually some actual WWE people at the time in the movie. Of course, they're going to use their own people. You know, mm-hmm. to, that kind of lessens how much you got to pay them because you're already paying them anyway. <laughs> They're right. already under contract, right? They take this extra fifty thousand and go home. <laughs> so they, they the opening match scene that features ring announcer Howard Finkel, the Fink, mm-hmm. color commentator and former wrestler Jesse the Body Ventura, who was just in the place I was in this past weekend at the Comic Con in Knoxville. Jesse Ventura was there. Uh, interviewer Mean Gene Oakland, who has passed away, I think, several years ago, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, referee Joey Morella. And Rip's opponent for the match was Jake Bullet, who was portrayed by real-life wrestler Bill Eady, better known as Axe, the popular tag team Demolition. Now, on the, page, on the page I'm looking at, it says Marcus Bagwell was in this movie, too, but he was uncredited. I, he, I don't remember him at all. I don't either. I, I'll have to go back and look at that, because there were several wrestlers uncredited for sure. Stan Hansen, I think, is uncredited, unless he's in an extended... He's credited as the name Neanderthal. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't remember them calling him that. <laughs> I thought he was the bar owner or something, and that, that Krell referred to him as a Neanderthal. That's probably where they got that from. It's just credited as Neanderthal. Because he didn't he didn't really speak. <laughs> I wouldn't say he was speaking. There he was just, a <laughs> there was a rumor. That started that the short headbanger in the cage in the bar scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He's looking at there was a was a young Peter Dinklage. <laughs> the role of the short headbanger is actually played by Rick Allen, it says, but they they were saying it was Peter Dinklage. Wow. Dinklage is a hell of a last name, by the way. I know. And here you go, a very young and unknown Marcus Buff Bagwell, WTW wrestler, can be seen as an extra in several scenes, it says. Oh, he was basically a stunt guy, then, so. more or less. I One guess. of those guys. He was, remember that scene, the scene where they were—I don't know if they were in a garage or some type of place where they were having this fight, and he he strangled one guy, and then that's when Zeus came in, and I don't know. It was it was it was a, it was a lot of <laughs> like they they didn't really. It was, you know what? It looks like it was a lot of gorilla locations. Like gorilla shooting, like like here's here's a nice dark garage. Let's pull in here, light it up, yeah, put some stuff in, and shoot shoot these scenes and be gone. Now, I, now Kurt Fuller, who played Brell, was offered a paid gig on a wrestling convention panel and live podcast in 2019 to discuss the movie with some other film wrestling personalities. They said he scoffed at the notion and declined having anything to do with wrestling ever again. Wow. <laughs> This movie left a bad taste in his mouth. I, see. I would say it did. He probably feels like it ruined him, or so, you know, he couldn't do anything else. I don't, he, oh, I, I don't know if it ruined him. I would say he was everything I've seen him in. He kind of had the same character, kind of played the same role almost. Here's what we were talking about earlier. It's just been, of course, backed up, which we already knew it was true anyway. But Kurt Fuller, Brell, and Mark Pellegrino as Randy both appeared in Supernatural. One of uh, Brell was Zachariah and uh, Pellegrino was Lucifer. <laughs> so they were in the, show, in the movie. 
seems about right. Yeah. So, um, what is something, if there was one thing about this movie that stands out to you, maybe is your favorite part? Or maybe, maybe not even your favorite part, but it's the most, maybe one of the most memorable parts to you. Well, outside of the, the whole dookie scene. Um, <laughs> What's that smell? There was the, 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 remember when him and the, uh, <clears throat> what was her name again? The, uh, the, 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 the lady, the female. Joan Severance? Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, Samantha was the character name? Yeah, Sam. Uh, when they had to share a hotel room, and uh, he put the, the curtain up to separate the bed, and yeah. la- later on that night, the bed's kind of going up and down. <laughs> yeah. And she's kind of thinking he's doing one thing, and he's really over there just doing push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of like, what's going on over there? Um, that, And I, I, I think we got to see Hulk Hogan's... Uh, his character work when he when when his brother was beat up and put in the hospital and he's there bedside trying to muster up a tear <laughs> to cry. <laughs> he, oh my gosh. He, he worked he worked real hard for that tear. Sometimes on this show we can't help but just really point <laughs> out and tell you how bad the acting is in some things. I know tra- Travis and I did Masters of the Universe recently, mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, it's one of those movies that. That yeah, that as a as a as a as a boy growing up we love, mm-hmm. but man we hate it because of how they did it. <laughs> they didn't do it nowhere near right, but we still will watch it every time it comes on because it's see, the that, universe. That's the good thing about movies like this, though. When when you're such a fan, like you you were a fan of the the whole genre, right? Right. Just like I was a wrestling fan, and you I, we didn't know it was bad. Then we just. Hey, Hulk Hogan's in a movie. Let's You're right. Watch it. <laughs> You're right. I mean, and it's no worse than the other things we watched of his, like the Suburban Commando and the Nanny and stuff. We watched in Suburban Commando when the Undertaker shows up as an alien from an alien bounty hunter from space. Right? Like, wait a minute. He doesn't like, what does he do? Really? <laughs> why? Why is there? Okay. But yeah, like I said, because we're wrestling fans. He's a wrestler. Huh? Okay, <laughs> let's watch it. We did. We did. We weren't. We weren't. I don't know. I, I think, and this is not just like with wrestling. It's with all whatever you're into. You know, when you were a kid, when you first discovered it, and you were really into it, and you didn't have, you know, people online trying to sway you one way or the other. You were just with your friends, and if they liked what you liked, we can discuss it, talk about it, watch it together. You say this was the best, so you can say this was my favorite, and all that stuff, and it was all fun. Yeah, you know, it, you can't do it. It's not like that these days, man. But and you know, with these movies, I know y'all do, on this show, y'all do a lot of, uh, you know, just going to look back and stuff. Some of the stuff y'all review, I haven't even thought about until I saw it. <laughs> something you even posted, or when you post a new show or something like that. Um, and I was like, yeah, man, that was fun. But you know, as an adult, if it came out now, you know, I'm, I'm not watching that. <laughs> it's a waste of my time. So, so to give you a prime example of what you're talking about, uh, I've done, I've said this a thousand times before. When it comes to the movies in the '80s, they they did a lot of dance movies, right? Mm. You had Footloose, you had Dirty Dancing, you had Flash Dance, and all. Breaking Two. Break. Breaking or Breaking Two came out today, I probably would not give it the time of day. Back then, 
it was like, yeah, man, look at what they're doing. I can't do that. Why can't I do that? That's awesome. I, I get because like we are with, with the dance, like <clears throat> where, where I grew up, it was the break dancing. It was the, you know, pop locking and all that type stuff. And, you know, you would, we would go downtown, you know, by the train stations or somewhere else. There'd be somebody with a cardboard spinning or breaking or whatever and had a little bucket for you to throw a dollar or something in it. And then we see this movie. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm not spinning nothing. <laughs> Where do you know? Well, if you think about it, though, you remember breaking too, okay? Not just the, the, the benefit concert they have at the end of it. In the middle of all this, there is a breakdance war with a, like a rival breakdance gang yeah. or something. Is this how we portrayed you know life at the time back then? Was this is how the fights were settled? They played the boombox set and they play a song about well, combat. No, that, that that was a real thing though. Like they they were really breakdance crews. They would meet in the club and they would have a battle right there in the dance club. Like well, but in the dance club or something like that. Okay, maybe I get that like in the first breaking movie, right? But you got breaking two and they're on the street and you got people swinging nunchucks around and they're holding up garbage can lids <laughs> to block them with and and they're still okay. I, I can't I, see. I, I, can't I, I, will, I will tell you this: there are some people who were in these breakdance crews who probably didn't want to run into in a dark alley, but. General, generally speaking, break dancers were not swinging nunchucks. <laughs> not that I saw. You didn't see that? Not in, not, not, in, I mean, in the movie, yeah, but not in real okay, life. Okay, okay, okay. I thought I was saying, I know, I know, I did not imagine that. <laughs> no, no, in the movie, yeah, but in real life, these, yeah, no, I generally speaking, break dancers were not. I mean, a few of them carry knives, but you know, <laughs> they weren't swinging nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I would have, I would have uh, had to look sideways at that. So one. So what? So I'm gonna, bring, I'm gonna bring this up before we wrap up here in a minute. I'm gonna bring this up to you real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, being an old school wrestling fan, you know, me and you both. Hopefully, you recognize where this came from, or where I think it came from, at least anyway. But um, Rip's move he does mm-hmm. that he finishes with, you know, that, that the axe move. Mm-hmm. Where do you remember who used to do that for the finishing move in the ring? Well, they may have you know borrowed that from possibly. It's even it's, it's even his middle name for wrestling. Larry uh, Henning. Yeah, Larry the accent. Larry the accent. Yeah, Kurt Angle's That's, father. Yeah, no, Kurt Henning's father. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Angle. You know what? You know why I said Kurt Angle? Because we, mm-hmm. before we came on, I was you know doing my five minute scroll through uh, Facebook, uh-huh. and I saw Kurt Angle. He was a uh, Messing with his wife, he was eating pasta, spaghetti, or whatever. And, yeah, uh, he's he goofy, twist, isn't he? He would twist it and would cut it. <laughs> he would cut this pasta with the with the scissors, and he yeah. eat it. And so his, he asks his wife for a, a glass of milk, and she brings him the milk. <laughs> he's like, "I know you're not cutting so lazy that you're just cutting pasta." He's like, "Lazy? You're calling me lazy? I want to go metal with a broken freaking." <laughs> yes, she, she says, "If you use that broken neck card one more time." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I had literally before we came on, I was watching that on uh, on Facebook. I, I watched it like three times in a row because it was so funny. Like he's sitting there like cutting spaghetti with a with a pair of scissors. She's like, "Check out the ones he does with his with his daughter out there sometimes." Very good. Kurt, Kurt Angle is a funny dude, man. I swear. Nah, he is. He really is. 
But yeah. no, that that move, uh, Larry Larry X Henning. Yeah, um, I didn't get to see a, a a lot of. I'm not that old. <laughs> um, to see a lot of Larry, I saw him. The, the most I saw of Larry Henning, Henning was when he was um tagging with Kurt in the later years of AWA. Sometimes he did it well, just like that. Sometimes, but most of the time it was it was different. It was done differently. He would throw him into the ropes, they'd come off, and he would just take just like he's swinging a right punch or something. But mm. he would not get him with the fist. He'd get him with the forearm, smashed to the forehead, like an axe blow or something. That's why they called it the axe when he was doing it. Um, some of the uh, other people, like uh, Ken Patera in his early days, would do something similar to it. And um, I don't think David Schultz was one of them. It was uh, Ken Patera and Larry Henning. And, 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 and actually, Kurt Henning himself used it himself uh, after a while as, you know, I guess, paying homage to his father. And it kind of evolved, evolved with Tito Santana. He his turned into the flying burrito. <laughs> flying burrito. It was just a, just a forearm across the just head. Just a, fly, a flying forearm. Flying forearm. And then, of course, you know Lex Luger had to put pe- uh, metal in his in his forearm. So between uh, Tito Santana doing the, was it really called a flying burrito? I can't remember. I just remember Jesse called. Or was it Jesse that. Ventura always messing with I it? Jesse just every time he did it, Jesse was called the fly burrito. I was like, yeah, I thought that's what uh, it was. Do you remember Hector Guerrero doing the same move almost under the mask, calling himself Lasertron? Mm-hmm. He would he would come off the rope after he'd sling him to the ropes. He'd bounce back off the other one and do a double forearm smash to the chest. That was what it would be, not to the head or anything. And that was supposed to be the big bad finisher he had. And just just like you said earlier in the movie, like uh, with uh, Bill Eady, you know these guys they just put on a mask and okay, you have to go roll and I go put on a put on a mask and you're a laser trial today. <laughs> right, right. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's how they used to do it back in the day. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Go ahead and, uh, if you will, one more time, let everybody know about your podcast and where they can find it if they're interested in hearing about some wrestling, talking about some of the pay-per-views and everything. It is the Front Row Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are on. We do a show on – we stream live to Facebook and YouTube on Saturdays, uh, 7, 7.30. Um, if you're not able to catch a live stream, you can always go back on YouTube and catch it join the Facebook page front row wrestling uh, on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Spotify. So look for your, uh, we normally upload them on Sunday or Monday, um, depending on how long the show is. And yeah, we, we talk wrestling reviews. We talk current topics. We, uh, it's not always just wrestling. We get into some, some, some guy talk, but um, yeah, man, we, we keep it real over there. We, we, our, our thing is we're not Mark's, we're wrestling fans with common sense. Common sense. <laughs> I know those are very far few in between these days, but you know, you don't hear those two put together wrestling fans and common sense. Usually. Not, a, not a lot, not a lot, not a lot, not too much. And and that is Eastern time, right? That you're in yes, trial. yes, yeah, Eastern time, seven, uh, seven thirty Eastern time. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Just making sure. And if you're new to the show today, listening to us by any chance, you're new here. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are. Uh, every Thursday we release uh, our new episodes, and usually by Monday, you know, Tuesday morning at the latest, we get a bonus episode that comes out that's just a few minutes long. Nothing really major usually, unless we get carried away with ourselves like we do sometimes. <laughs> and it might go a little bit longer than 10 or 15 minutes, but um, uh, we um, try to make this thing fun and entertaining as much as we can, and 
we are about to branch out, Ray. If you heard me earlier say movies and more. Okay. Um, the more part, I'm trying to get on to YouTube. If I can get Travis motivated enough to record a few <laughs> shows for this. <laughs> Travis, I hope you're listening. Motivation, man. Come on. Motivation. Yeah, tra- Travis, I, I, I know I know Travis. Um, I, I, I feel your pain. He's a good <laughs> look. Look, this is not a dumb one, Travis. I love Travis like a he's he's the brother I didn't grow up with. <laughs> um, he he is a good guy, but he he is into a lot of stuff. Squirrel. <laughs> that that is Travis. <laughs> that is Travis. Bright, if I didn't make fun white of shiny Travis, object. Let me go see what that is. If I didn't make fun of Travis at least once per episode, he would think I didn't like him anymore, and I can't have that. So, oh yeah, we, we we love Travis over here. Um, if you're listening, Travis, I'm just playing. You'll be he, on next week. Don't worry. He, he, Travis has done some shows with uh with us as well. Um, yes, always a, always a pleasure to talk to. Very knowledgeable. I, he's one of those guys that you know it don't matter pretty much what topic it is he can give you a good conversation about it yeah so. definitely he's um kind of one of those jack of all trades master of none kind of deal yeah something like I, that yeah. i aspire to be just like that <laughs> right <laughs> i want to be just like you travis one day because you slightly have more hair than i do but not much more and uh <laughs> any little bit i can get is good any little bit i can get extra is always good man. I, I am done fighting that battle <laughs> <laughs> All right. So look, uh, before I forget, anyway, I started to say a while ago, we're uh, like, you know, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google, we're on Amazon, iHeartRadio, all over the place. Like Travis likes to say, where are we not at these days? Hmm. So anywhere you'd like to listen to your podcast, make sure you check us out there. Follow us. Go to the website, RetroLife, the number four, the letter U.com. You can listen to the show straight from the website if you want to. Um of course, you can follow us when you get on the mailing list as well. So if you're on the mailing list and we you know, send out uh, little news things, you can uh, be the first to see that. And, uh, Ray, then thanks for coming back on with us today. I appreciate you doing No Holds Barred with us. That's uh, one of those classics that we like to make fun of. But watch, a, like you said, watch every single time it comes a, on. It, it, look, if, you, if you're a wrestling fan over the age of 35, 40 years old, You've probably seen this movie more than a hundred times, and Admit no matter it. how bad it is, you, it's just something you have to watch. That's right. You can <laughs> say this. You can. You're at home going, "Man, this movie stinks," and you're like, "What's that smell?" <laughs> no holds barred again. <laughs> oh, my brother's. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. That being said, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to us, and Ray. Thanks again for coming on. Anytime, man. Anytime.